Good morning. Welcome to Shopping for Time. I feel like it's been forever <laughs> since we've seen each other. Um, but it's kind of exciting to have had a couple weeks. Obviously, the Lord wanted us to have a couple weeks, an extra week to dive into getting situated, to getting adjusted to the mornings, and then a week home. I don't know if this is why we don't usually do a winter study, but we're going with it because it doesn't matter. All that is in the past, and we're learning and growing, and we're here this morning. Um, we've been sick at our house, and is, uh, we, I mean Judah, Judah's had the sneezles for the last couple days and has been fever-free for over 24 hours, but I haven't been out of the house in a while, so get ready. <laughs> also, I've had coffee and nothing to eat this morning, so I apologize if you're listening to the podcast. If, we, if it sounds like it's being fast-forwarded, I'm really sorry. <laughs> we're just going to go with that, too. So um, this morning, because we haven't been together for quite a long time, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, I'm a visual learner and also a, a feel it, a kinesthetic learner. So we're going to do things a little bit more, l a little bit more less lecture and more interactive. So um, thank you for bringing the markers and the pencils. We're going to get to those in a little bit. And I hope that you are as excited as I am that you're sitting in your clubs this morning. Some of you have never met face to face. You've been encouraging each other for the last two, three weeks, but you've never actually seen each other face to face. So if you haven't already, make sure you take a minute and kind of introduce yourself to each other so that you can put a face to a name. Um, and some of you, nope, I was going to say some of you are new, but she was in the wrong room. So we had a new person. She just went to the wrong city. So um, here's what I want to start with. Um, we do a lot of evaluation in my house. We do a lot of how can we figure it out. Most of that comes from my husband, Jason, who loves to analyze, loves to figure it out, loves to make it better. He just loves it, which I have learned to appreciate over the years. It's taken me years, but I've learned to appreciate the ability to stop and evaluate. So like we did last week, we're going to take some time to kind of evaluate how you're doing. So, <coughs> in your tables, take two minutes and just talk about how the week went. The good, the things that are you're just flying high about, the, the hugs to your heart that the Lord has given you, the things that are just amazingly, amazingly wonderful. Talk about, um, you know, we call it the bad, but it's not really the bad. It's just things that need a little bit of changing, a little bit of adjusting for the week. And then talk about the things... We'll call them the ugly, although they're not actually ugly. The things that definitely need to change. Never do that again. Something's got to give. This is not what we're, this is not working for me. And keep in mind as you think through the good, the bad, and the ugly in the next couple minutes that this whole situation is really the laboratory. We talked about that. This is an experiment to figure out how you best interact with the Lord, how you best hear from the Lord, what works with your schedule, what doesn't work with your schedule. What needs to happen? So this is a great time for some personal evaluation. And if you're listening to the podcast, I'm really sorry. This is going to be pretty broken up today, but sorry, you should be here. <laughs> so take two minutes and uh, give a little bit of good, bad, and ugly real quick. We're going to give you some more chance to interact. There'll be lots of interaction today, especially because I know that you've missed it the last two weeks. So Fear not, you will be interacted out this morning. Also, I'm not sure if you can see, but up here at the table, I, I'm going to resource you up to your eyeballs this morning and all kinds of stuff, including stickers. And we're going to talk about what we're giving away next week. But even for those of you on the podcast, you have to be present to win. So start praying that those kids are, are not sick next week. 
make it happen, whatever you need to do. Only vitamin C for the whole week, that's all they get to eat, whatever it is that you need to do to be here to win some of this stuff next week. <coughs> so here's what I want to ask. Here's the question from what your discussion tables just were. How have you seen growth and progress in how the Lord has encouraged you in building a more biblical lifestyle? Is that confusing? How have you seen growth in godliness and lived out in your life? And who wants to talk about it? Anybody? Yeah. Um, so just spending more time raving in the word and focusing my heart in the morning on the Lord instead of myself and my own day and my own agenda. Um, throughout my day, I've just had Bible verses going through my head, especially mm -hmm. during times of struggle. The, uh, the Bible verses have just been in my heart and encouraging to me. Yeah. And so, um, like, for example, there were several things that happened in a couple of days that were just really hard on our hearts. And the verse that went through my head was, we are hard pressed, but not crushed. And it just went through my head and I was like, yeah, that's true. And the Lord mm -hmm. is with me and he's totally got this. And so just putting myself on the side and putting Jesus' words and promises in my heart is what just gives us encouragement and gives us the ability to have hope and even give it to others regardless of the situation. Yes, so, yeah. that's amazing. Can anybody else say yes, that's been true of my life, the verses have been coming back? Um, we wanna say thank you for sharing, and this is for you. Oh, I yeah, see, it pays to, pays to share in Bible study, ladies. Um, thank you to Women's Ministry for a fun little giveaway. Um, I wanna encourage you to be able to voice those things. Thank you for sharing that especially with your husbands. We're gonna talk about relationships quite a bit in a couple minutes, and we're gonna talk about the importance of the relationship with your husband. It's not just cohabitants. It's not just we're on the same team to get these kids fed and slept and out the door to school, or not just on the same team to keep this house in order, but we're actually one in Christ. We're gonna talk about that, and being able to share with your husband what the Lord is doing in your life is amazing. <coughs> I will share this before we get to that. Last night we were laying in bed, going to bed, and Jason's like, I think I'm gonna get up when you get up. And I was like, no thank you. <laughs> That's my time. <laughs> that sounds, <laughs> sounds so funny. And he was very sweet. He's like, I'll go downstairs, I won't bother you. You can have your time with the Lord. I won't interrupt it at all. But it really has become such a precious time to me, and I do need to be able to share it with him. Although maybe not in the same room at 5 a.m. It is one of those things that we need to work on. We all need to work on. So <clears throat> um, as you kind of think through today, and we're still progressing through the study, as you think through what needs to change or what the evaluation is, don't be afraid to start to change things or to just try something different. There's nothing that says the way that you are studying scripture, the way that you are spending time with the Lord right now needs to be that way for the rest of your life. There's flexibility and freedom in that. And I just want to encourage you. Okay, um, we are going to, I told you we're going to do things a little bit backwards. We're going to start with your table discussions this week. So on page 39 of your workbooks, if you have a workbook, um, these discussion questions really focus on chapter 4, which is the planning chapter. That's the evaluate your priorities chapter. So because there's so much in that, 
we're gonna take 20 minutes. I'm gonna set a timer so that we don't go too far over. And what I'd like you to do in your morning groups is really talk about, there's some very practical questions. So we're gonna start with this first. <coughs> um, what I really wanna know is, um, did you take a personal retreat? Does that sound nuts to you? Like the fact of getting away, were you able to take a personal retreat? So if you were at your table, you get to talk first. If you actually went on a personal retreat and talk about what that has done, being able to set, step aside and, and plan. The other thing I wanna know, aside from these talk about questions on page 39 is, was there anything in the seven priorities that ruffled your feathers? that you were like, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. This is not okay with me. I don't wanna do it. I don't wanna think about it. This is not where I am right now. So those are the two things, personal retreat, and if something just made you say, no, I don't wanna do this. So I'm setting a timer for 20 minutes, and then we're gonna continue. Don't worry, this is not the last time that you're gonna have a chance to interact with your table today. So 20 minutes starts now. Okay, I, I was eavesdropping on all of your tables, and so exciting to just hear your passion for people. We were supposed to talk about chapter four and it talks about prioritizing and every single one of your tables started talking about the relationship <laughs> list again, <laughs> which I think is amazing. I, I, yes, yes, I heard, I heard a couple of people say, are you a planner? <laughs> which I think is super great. Um, chapter four can be overwhelming that uh, priorities list, especially because that's when it asks you to take a personal retreat. So if you haven't been able to take a personal retreat or you feel like you need, like me, I need to plan for a personal retreat before I take it so that I know how to use my time the best. So I haven't had time to pre-plan for my personal retreat to plan. So things are just falling apart all over the place in my life right now, which is not good. But I did want to um, talk to you next week. We're going to talk about some planner options. If that is, I am a planner. Like I have stickers made specifically for things in my life. <laughs> I am that intense. Like everything has a sticker, everything has a color, all that kind of stuff. I'm working on it. I think it's okay. It keeps us organized. We have a tendency to to be busy, but busy with people. And so I wanna be able to keep them straight. Also, I wanna be able to look and say, we've had a really an awful lot of pink lately and pink is this group of people and we need a little less pink and a little more blue or we need a little less blue and a lot more green or my whole calendar is green, we need something else in, in a different color. I just wanna make sure that my phone is off. <laughs> Those family text threads don't stop through the day. Okay, I also wanted to, I told you today is the day of resources. So as you think through some of those, um, there are tons of websites out there to help you, but one that I found that I really love is a website called Cultivate Gratitude. Um, they have some goal planning. They have uh, the creator, Laura, Laura Casey, has written two books about cultivating what matters. It's um, intentional, being intentional for your life. So there are a couple things, we're gonna talk about five of hers today, but three fall into this category right now. One is the goal guide for parents, uh, one is a goal guide for wellness, and one is a goal guide for finances. And they're just tiny little notebooks, they're super soft, you can come and check them out. These are not part of the giveaway, these are mine. <laughs> you can buy your own. <laughs> Cultivate gratitude. Um, we're gonna talk about, they have a, a morning journal as well that we're, we are going to give away next week called uh, Cultivate What Matters. And that specific one is Cultivating Joy. So we're gonna give that away in the morning too. So this is part of the reason that we love it, uh, that I love it, and that 
I've forced Jason to love it, we'll talk about the couple's guide in just a second, um, is that it really just kind of walks you through her planner, her, they're called the power sheets, which is a yearly planner, how to achieve the things that you want, but it really kind of boils it down to what matters to you. So it really goes hand in hand with the shopping for time book, which is right here. Um, as you're trying to figure out what's important in your life, sometimes you need a little bit more of an action step, and this would help you provide, provide you with an action step. So there's a bunch of different ones. I think they're $12. The little ones are $12, but they go on sale frequently for 9 um, but I guarantee that this won't be the one thing that you put in your cart. It's kind of, it's really, really great. So I'm going to leave these up here for you to check out on the info table. We'll just call it an info table. Um, <coughs> I just want to encourage you as we move into chapter five. Chapter four is like an ongoing, never-ending, we're never really going to stop it. The conversation is always open. So let me encourage you with that. The conversation for being able to prioritize the things in your life, that's never going to be a shut book. In fact, the more times I go through this, this is, surprise, this is not the first time that I've been through this book. The more times I go through it, the more times I want to be intentional about that priority list that is about being intentional. I want to really pray through it. I want to really invest wisely in that. But sometimes the best thing that you can do to prioritize and invest wisely is start. It's just start. So we've given you some spaces in your workbook. If you need to do it over a course of a couple days, I heard Tammy say she went to her closet for her personal retreat. <laughs> That's amazing. Wherever you can find a space, if it's five in the morning and you spend some time with the Lord and then you prayerfully consider what he wants one section at a time, that, that would be really really amazing as well. We're going to transition into chapter five, which most of you have already done. This is the, um, sorry, wrong page. That's chapter four. This is the considering people. There's a couple things as we get going. We're going to do a little bit of a group activity, um, and we're going to focus on the five actual relationships that she, that the authors ask us to consider. The, um, friends who sharpen, friends who mentor, friends who need friends, and friends who need salvation. We're going to focus on those four. But I want to encourage you real quick before we start that not everyone in your life is going to fit into one of these four categories. Not everyone in your life fits nicely into one of these four boxes. They're not supposed to. How boring would that be if everyone in your life you could classify as, well, this one I'm always going to approach as needing the gospel, or this one is I mean, we need the gospel, but you don't want to look at somebody always with the lens of this is the only thing about them that I'm going to focus on. You want to be able to look at all of the people in your life as who God has made them and how you can love them. And we're going to end with some pretty cool ways on how you can love people like Jesus wants you to. So um, the other thing I wanted to tell you about the boxes, we'll just call them boxes. You're in clubs, these are boxes is that not everyone will stay in the box that they're in right now. If they fit into one of these boxes, they're not going to stay there for the rest of, their, of your life. Sometimes a mentor will come and go. Sometimes a friend who sharpens because of distance or because of stage of life may not sharpen you as well anymore. That's okay. That's all okay. Remember, this is an experiment, and we like fluidity much more than the hardcore boxes that see people seem to fit into. The third thing that I want to tell you about this is that your husband and your children probably don't fit into these boxes. Your husband and your children are set aside, special, given to you by the Lord for you to love and encourage and serve in a special way. 
And here's what I love about the relationship between your husband and your children and how that's different from your other relationships and your friendships is that they should receive our best. They really should. I want you to think about it like this. If you watched the video from last week, thank you, by the way, for watching the video and for putting up, I just kept getting super distracted doing the video thinking, all I can see is my double chin and the fact that I need a haircut. <laughs> so it was super distracting for me and I'm very glad that the Lord used <laughs> me with a double chin and a needing a haircut, even though to speak the truth. And what we talked about was Mary and Martha. We talked about the two facets that the Lord is asking us to do, not choosing one or the other, being able to do both, but being able to do one first to fuel the others. This is what I love about our relationships that the Lord has given us specifically. These are the people in our life that we must pour into. We must love them the best. We, when the Lord feeds us, like Mary and Martha, when we sit at his feet, when we choose him first, and he fuels us to then serve, we are living out Mary and Martha immediately to our family. We get to do that immediately in our home. It's not necessarily always about the people outside of our home that we're serving, the guests that we have, our small group that's coming, our neighbors that are all over our yard all the time. Immediately, he says, here, sit with me, first, choose me first, and then do the things that I've given you. And oh, by the way, here's people that I want you to do it with and for. That's a very special relationship that's outside of these four boxes. People fit into these four boxes that we need to be Mary and Martha around as well, that we need to be filled with first, that we need to be Mary's. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we need to be able to be Martha's at the same time. We need to be able to, what is that quote? We need to be able to commune and serve at the same time. But the people in our home, the people that God has given us specifically, are most important. Now, it's easy to do that with your kids because they need you, because you are their mommy, because they can't do life without you. They can't reach the buttons on the washing machine. They can't read what's happening in the refrigerator. They don't know what, they don't know what a clock says to go to bed. They, they can't even always go to the bathroom by themselves. So it's very easy to know that we need to be <coughs> loving servants of our kids the way that Jesus would. It's not easy to do it to your husband because there are a lot of times we feel like our husbands should know better. They should be able to pick up their socks. They should be able to see that the trash needs to be taken out. They should understand that uh, mom's job is actually the equivalent to two and a half full-time jobs. These are things that we think in the middle of them, they should know this. So they should be able, somebody needs to see me, know what's happening in my life and be able to send me to the spa, to send me to TJ Maxx with $50 and a cup of coffee with nobody needing me. We think that immediately, I deserve that, I deserve that. Let me just say that that is another spiritual battle that you are facing immediately. I'm, all, I'm with you, there's nothing that, that rests me better than coffee and 50 bucks and TJ Maxx, $50 that's unaccounted for, it doesn't go in the budget. I can spend it on whatever I want, which is usually my husband or my son, let's be honest, or a candle. <laughs> I love the candles. But the, our, the, our relationships with our husband also don't fall into these four boxes. And they take more work than anything else, any other relationship. Ladies, I am constantly, I'm constantly brokenhearted over the marriages of the couples that say that they love the Lord. 
because they think, oh, I'm good. My husband's a believer, I'm a believer, we're good. We don't need to worry about that. If you feel like your marriage is good, quote unquote good right now, you are in danger. Our marriages are things that we need to fight for. There is nothing that Satan wants more than to take down the family, your family. It's overwhelming to me. It's frightening to me. It breaks my heart all the time. Last night, Jason and I were sitting on the floor in the kitchen. I don't know how it happened. We were supposed to go downstairs. Jude had been waiting all day to play the Wii with us as a family, and so we somehow ended up on the floor in the kitchen, like, not playing the Wii. <laughs> Talking about where we were, honestly, where we were, and being able to say to each other, look each other in the eyes and say, there isn't anything in my life that I'm keeping from you right now. There isn't anything in my life that I think is leading me down a sinful path. If you see something, please tell me. If I see something, you give me permission to tell you too. It happens in weird places. Those conversations need to happen wherever, in the bathtub, in the closet, in the bed, uh, on the kitchen floor, when nobody's making dinner and your kid is downstairs hooping and hooraying because Mario Kart is happening. You must have these conversations. If you haven't had a conversation like that recently, within the last month, it's time to evaluate. It's time to give yourself a very hard, hard look at your own heart, at your own life. Are there things that you're keeping from your husband? Maybe it's a credit card bill. Maybe it's what you're looking at at social media. Maybe it's the amount of time that you're spending on social media. Maybe it's a friend that you're spending too much time with. You need to be open and honest. Not because, not because you, not because you should, but because when you say I do in front of the front of God, he now looks at you as one person. If you're keeping things from your husband, it's like not, not ever using your right hand the whole right side of your body. If the Lord sees you as one, utilize everything that he's given you. Why would you hurt yourself? Why would you cut your arm off or purposefully break your arm in a door to not be able to use it? <clears throat> if the Lord has put you together, be together. Now, again, we talked about the resource, and these are also mine. <laughs> you may borrow them if you want. Um, so I have a couple things that we really like that seem to center us. This is a book uh, by uh, doctors Les and Leslie Parrott, Perot, I don't know. Um, it's called Pillow Talk for Couples. It's just a small devotional. Literally, it sits on our pillow at night, so we can't go to bed without either putting it on the floor or the, or the bedside stand or actually opening it up and reading it. It's a tiny devotional thought that has some questions that you can talk, talk about as you lay in bed together. This is a great beginning place, a really, really great beginning place. That's up here. Talked about Cultivate What Matters. She has a goal guide for couples. I told you we like to evaluate. This is right up our alley. In fact, we gave this to every couple in our small group as part of their Christmas present this year because it's such a great conversation starter. If you don't, if it's awkward, if you don't want to bring stuff up, it's just, it starts slowly. It starts with talking about what's growing well already in your marriage. It talks about where you think you're at, what, what describes you together, what's fun that you like to do. You get to rank things, um, things about your, your marriage together, your life together, your environment, your health, your recreation, your friends and family, how you're doing spiritually, how you're doing financially, what are happening in your career, your relationship, and then you can go from there. It just gives you some starting points. As you can see, we have yet to finish it because 
we do like to evaluate and do like to talk. But we have a personal retreat together coming up in two weekends where we're going to finish this intentionally. We're going away specifically to work on our marriage to finish this. I can't recommend this enough. I think that this is, this is so amazing. Uh, uh, these are a little, okay, we'll start with this one first. A Marriage After God's Own Heart. If you're a reader and you really like to read this, this is by David Clark. Um, an encouragement get to continue to grow together spiritually and you will grow together physically, togetherness. You know, y- if you grow together spiritually, you'll also grow together. So that's a really, really good one. Then these two, I, I like these two because they, they help make the partnership. Sometimes we feel like teammates. Sometimes we feel like, yeah, we're in this together. Tag, you're it. You get to go deal with the kids, the dog, the house, the cars, whatever it is. The washing machine broke again. It's your turn. That kind of stuff. Sometimes we forget that we are one and we are a couple. So this one is called Songs in the Key of Solomon. This one is some um, some more fun dates, maybe when the kids go to bed. If you um, are home, you can't always have a babysitter to go out and do things. There's some fun suggestions. Um, for married couples in here, which I just think are really, really fun. Uh, This one's, (laughs) well, we're not gonna read that one. (laughs) Um, This one says, sniff this, share a cup of hot hot steamy beverage, and then you can just go, and then you um, listen to music. There's, no, um, sorry, songs in the key of Solomon, he's sitting at a piano. He's sitting at a piano, and she's sitting on top of it in her pajamas. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, obviously this happens in everybody's house every night. I'm always sitting on the piano with a rose and one slipper. Anyway, <laughs> this will also be up here if you want to check it out. This one is really great. Uh, we giggle a lot in our house over stuff like this. But honestly, to make intentional time to grow together, to see each other as more than teammates, as more than partners, as more than we're in this together. This has been really, really beneficial. The last marriage resource I want to show you is this book called Red Hot Monogamy, um, Making Your Marriage Sizzle. And there's some very nice tips in here, great <laughs> tips in here. Um, I, this is one that I've reread a couple times. Um, just ways to see your spouse as more than a teammate, to remember that God has given you your spouse for multiple reasons. And one of those is to keep the fire alive. So this, which is hard, I, I get it. Jason and I had a conversation this morning about how I'm exhausted by like 8.15. We have one child and one dog and I'm exhausted by 8.15. So when he comes alive, It's not necessarily the right time for me to have deep discussions or whatever. I fell asleep the other night when he was giving me a background. Like, we need to choose our times wisely, but we also need to get ready mentally. Sometimes it's a lot harder for women to prepare mentally to have intentional relationships with their husband, which is important. So, moving on. (laughs) Um, Okay. In the center of your table, we are going to move into these four um, segments of relationships that we need to have. Here's what I want you to do. You have, a, you have a poster board and you have some chocolate and you have some markers or pencils or crayons or something like that. So clean everything. You might want to keep your Bible, but put everything else behind you. Stand up. You're gonna, we're going to get artsy for a couple minutes. I know. I love it. You're going to love it too. 
Um, here's what I want you to do. As a table, there's no prizes for this. This is just fun because everybody's been inside forever, so we need to stand up and shake it out a little bit. Here's what I want you to do. As a table, I want you to find some passages that talk about how we are to interact with those that need salvation. If you can't think of any, use Google. If you, uh, you can use your Bible app. You can use whatever it is that you want. If you want a, a super great website for references, the Net Bible is my favorite one right now. Um, we're going to take about 10 minutes, and you can use the poster board either side. We're going to use the opposite side in a little bit to talk about what the Bible has to say. So write it out, draw it out, brainstorm it out, whatever you want to do. You've got 10 minutes <laughs> to go ahead and do this. So I'm going to start the timer. Yep. 10 minutes. What do, how, how does the Bible, what does the Bible say about how we are to interact with those who need Christ? I heard a ton of excellent passages, which is super exciting. So here's what I want you to do next. Take your phones and screenshot your page, your poster board, because this is a guide to help you identify those in your life that need you to share the gospel with them. This is a filter. This is a, a way to help you as you look at the relationships in your life to kind of say, this is who needs it. The bubble map. I love the bubble map. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. You can also, um, there is no bonus points. Like it's not table versus table. It's just for fun. And really to show you how easy it is to find out what God's word says about. Yes, you may take pictures of other people's as well. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> it's a mind map. Yep. A mind map is a good idea. Okay, um, you can leave them and we're gonna, you, they'll be right on the table for you. So we're gonna move on to um, Friends Who Needs Friends. We're still working backwards in the book. And this, I honestly have really wrestled with the Lord over this one. I told you last week that I don't enjoy this chapter. I don't enjoy making a list of my relationships. I don't enjoy having to sit down and really kind of comprehend. I just, I don't enjoy it. And here's why I don't enjoy it. From my personal experience, this is why I wrestled with the Lord for so long, is that I don't really want to share my personal experience with friendships because I, it's painful. It's, a lot of it is painful. You may be, in a situation where you have grown up and had the same best friend since you were four years old, or you have a strong group of friends, and it's remained that way forever. My story um, is a little bit different. Um, I, my, adult, my adult friendships, I should say it that way. Um, we, ha we have a history of infertility and miscarriage, Jason and I, and that has impeded relationships. I'm already weepy, so this is gonna get a little interesting. Because for whatever reason, that's a topic that we don't like to talk about. That it's hard to be friends when you have a child, when you have children, when you sneeze and you're pregnant again. It's hard for you to be friends with somebody who's deeply struggling. It's not just a relationship struggle with their husband. It's not just a, a struggle with the Lord as to why they're not blessing. It's a physical struggle. It's an emotional struggle. It's a mental struggle. 
And so over the course of my adult life, I have had friends walk away from me because it's inconvenient for them. That's horrible. That's a horrible feeling. And then, this is what I really am so hesitant to share. And then we moved to Iowa. And this is going to sound terrible. But the Lord took me from someplace where I was comfortable and I had friends who had walked through a fertility struggle to a fertility joy when we got pregnant and had Judah <coughs> to Iowa where I lived in my sweet sister-in-law's basement for eight months. Lord bless Jamie Fincham with extra crowns in heaven for letting us live there a lot that long. But I lived in a basement. I took care of two two-year-olds and a one-year-old for the first six months that we were here every day. And at night, Jason and I went to as many small group meetings, as many dinners, as many everythings as we possibly could. My dog died. <laughs> My house didn't sell in Pennsylvania. I felt lost and I felt alone and I was surrounded by people when I wasn't in the basement. I can't tell you how hard it was to know that you, I needed a friend. I really, really needed a friend. And I had met, I had seriously just met a thousand people and I didn't have a friend. There was nobody that I could call. There was nobody that I could say, hey, do you wanna go out to lunch? Because we have this history that we can actually build on. I got to sit through literally hundreds of conversations about how Everyone had these deep relationships and all of these experiences, and it was amazing. And it was, they had all the same experiences that I had had with other people. I just hadn't had it with them. It was really difficult, incredibly difficult. And it's not to point fingers at anyone here and say, you were a bad friend. That's not it at all. A lot of it was on me because I didn't know how to say anything. And I think that is probably the most important thing you need to look for when you are looking for someone who needs a friend, who's not saying anything. There are the overshares, those people who are desperate for a friend. They need our friendship too. But then there's the people that aren't saying anything. And I was in a situation where I had no time. I literally had no time. I could give you my planner from 2016 when we got here. And it's covered in green, green as Sailorville covered in green because we were just meeting people as fast as we could and all the time and Jason was breakfasts and prayer meetings and lunches and engage meetings and stuff here at Sailorville and I was alone. I didn't even have my dog. It sounds so silly that I didn't even have my dog. The Lord stripped me of everything. And I'm happy, so happy to say that he didn't leave me there may have gone through Psalm 37 in the last couple weeks in your workbook. And that, I think I posted something or sent that some, to some all of you that are in a club. Because that is a passage that the Lord kind of nailed me to the ground with and said, it's not about what you don't have. It's about who you do have and what I have for you. Psalm 37 verses three through five, if I can read them. They're colored in my Bible, and now I have tears in my eyes. This is what he told me to do. When I didn't have any friends, when I was in a brand new place, when I literally had nothing, 
no comfort, nothing, nobody to talk to. I didn't even have my own bed. <laughs> you guys, I had nothing. It's so funny to talk about now. Funny slash so sad, but still <laughs> funny. This is what the Lord told me to do. He said, trust in the Lord and do good. There's no, there's no wallowing in that sense at all. Dwell in the land, literally live in Iowa and befriend faithfulness. It didn't say befriend everybody that you possibly can or the next person that rings the doorbell is gonna be your best friend. It says to be faithful. So trust the Lord, do good. Literally live in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Not that my, it's not like God's saying, I'm gonna be a genie in this situation and give you everything that you want as soon as you prove yourself. What he's saying here, when you delight yourself in the Lord, all of a sudden his desires become your desires and that's when he says yes. Commit your way to the Lord, trust him and he will act. I gotta tell you, friendless, homeless, petless, lonely Meredith. I had an action plan. It was like the Lord was saying to me, okay, I've taken everything so that you will trust me. I've taken everything so that I can train you from, ground, from the ground level, from square one, to be the type of friend that you want. That's exciting. When I stand here today, there are still days that are incredibly lonely. Our schedule is, like everybody's schedule is nuts. Our schedule is nuts. We cast a very large net. Tons of people, I know a ton of people. My, my, my people base, my friend base, my acquaintance base is probably a more accurate description, is incredibly wide, but not very deep. How many of you, I don't need a show of hands, but probably you are in a similar situation where you have spent some days feeling lonely. I want you to know that the Lord sees you and that the Lord is trying to shape you into who he wants you to be in that moment. When you evaluate the people in your life that need a friend, <clears throat> there are probably more than two categories, but we're gonna talk about the oversharer, the one who's constantly just can you pray for me? Can we do this? Can we, can we go here? Can, do you want to come over? The one who's just grasping at you all the time. Pray for them and make sure that it's a, a two-sided street. And then there's the friend who's not saying anything. Those are the friends that probably need you today. They probably needed you last week. You just didn't know. <laughs> but they probably need you today. These are awkward transitions in between these. I'm sorry, I should have worked on the transitions a little bit more. But I'm gonna shut that emotional train down and we're gonna move on a little bit to friends who mentor because we don't have much time left. This is exciting, the finding a friend to mentor because we actually have a new program, new event, new process here at Taylorville called Tandem. And we have the, the co-creators, Lindsay and Sarah, here. So. Um, this morning, Jason was looking at some of our website analytics, and he said that in the last seven days, the tandem link on our Sailorville Church website has been hit 560 times. That's amazing. That is amazing, first of all. It says that this is needed. It's so needed. We need mentors in our lives. We need people that are pouring into us like we are pouring into other people. And two, it tells us that this is needed. 
If we have 560 hits on our website, how many more women don't even realize that they need a mentor? Ladies, we have work to do. It's not just about our families. It's not just about these four relationship boxes. We need to be prioritizing people in our lives. The last one I want to talk to you about is friends who sharpen. And this one, I might get in, I might have some people that don't really love me after this one, but we're going with it anyway. <laughs> Here's what I want to tell you about friends that sharpen. Just because you have a friend at church or a friend who is a believer doesn't mean they are a friend who sharpens. That's hard to say because as believers, we should be drawing close to the Lord so that we can encourage each other. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. I'm sorry that I didn't leave much time for this because this is so very important. Um, we're going to talk about verses 19 through 25. <coughs> the writer of Hebrews has just taken five or so chapters to talk about Christ as a high priest. These, these Hebrews, these people who are listening, would have been very familiar with the old law. They would have been familiar with the temple. They would have been familiar with priests. They would have been familiar with a high priest. High priest is the only one who meets with the Lord. So these people who are um, newish Christians, we're still in the early days of the church, are are in the middle of trying to understand how the old and how the new fit together. And so the author of Hebrews has just taken these five chapters to tell them in depth, without a doubt, that Christ has taken care of the old way and is now the way. He is the, the whole way and how we can have assurance of him as our high priest. So in verse, when it says therefore in verse 19, that's what it's talking about, those earlier chapters, telling them everything that they need to know about how Christ is our high priest now. Therefore, brothers, or we're going to insert sisters right there, since you have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, you no longer need someone else to take you to God. Jesus has made a full way for you to access God the Father by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through the flesh, that's a comparing the curtain of the holy of holies to the fact that christ has died that's that's helping them understand the picture in that moment and since we have a great high priest over the house of god let us let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some but, some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Ladies, any church that's worth its two cents that has a small group ministry uses this verse as small group ministry, which it probably was. These people were probably going to the temple, hearing about Jesus, and going home together in a small group. So when it's talking about not forsaking the assembly, it's talking about not forsaking your friends. Not forsaking, in these days, it probably would have pe been people that you lived close to, but in our day, it means fellow Christians who are going to encourage you. And not just encourage you. I understand, I know a guy who, who really likes small groups, and we deal a lot with them. He deals more with that, with I more than I do. And I know that our small groups are not perfect. But here's the thing. Not after 
we are not after perfect small groups. We're not after perfect friends. We're not after people who have it all together. Maybe we feel pressure to be that friend that has it all together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you under the bus a little bit today. We as small group leaders, Kaylee was dealing with this pressure this morning. We as small group leaders feel the need to have the perfect house, to have everything in order, well-decorated, completely clean, seasonally smelling, seasonally, whatever you want. All the comfy pillows, the brand new cushy couches, whatever it would take to make people think, oh yeah, this is great. Whatever it would take to provide um, a place of hospitality. I just want to say, Kaylee, I'm so thankful that the Lord allowed you to come today and not care about what your house looks like so much as he cares about what your heart looks like today. I just think that's amazing. Thanks for saying yes. But ladies, I really want to say to you that this is the type of friend that you should be looking for. There's, there's a couple things that they, they pull out of here. Number one, sharpening friends, friends that sharpen, are friends that are rooted in the understanding that Christ is supreme. It's not enough that they come to church. It's not enough that they say that they believe in their salvation is sure. It's not enough to say, yep, I prayed a prayer when I was so old. They need to be rooted in the fact that Christ is everything. If you want a friend that sharpens, find a friend that is so in love with Jesus that she shines him and not herself, him most importantly. Find a friend if, who sharpens that understands that Jesus has given us everything, especially the ability to go straight to the Lord. He is our high priest, but has said, come, just come to the Lord, interact. That's what makes the morning thing so amazing, isn't it? The creator of the world sits with you in your couch, I get goosebumps thinking about this. Sits with you at your couch or your kitchen table and says, I love you. I'm here for you. This is so that you will love me back. It's incredible to me. It says that they, I can't see through my tears. It says that they draw on their faith with a full assurance. It's not wishy-washy. Find a friend who is not wishy-washy about what she believes. Find a friend who sharpens that has full assurance of her faith. And find one that's holding on to hope. Not holding on to what Oprah says or the latest fad is or the fact that oils cure the world of everything. They probably do, but find a friend who holds on to the Lord. Holds on to that faith, faith without wavering not because she is amazing. Catch this, because Christ is faithful. Her hope, her ability to grab onto hope is because of Christ's faithfulness and not our own. And then I want you to consider someone who sharpens you as someone who loves, loves two good works, someone who's going to encourage you salvation does not come from works, but salvation always produces good works. So find somebody that's going to encourage you to do good, not because it makes you look good, but because it gives glory to Christ. Find someone face-to-face. -face. Our technology, FaceTime, and all the videos, and Marco Polo has made it very, very easy to be face-to-face -face with someone that you're not face-to-face -face with. But let me tell you that there is 
nothing that compares to sitting at a table or on a couch or taking a walk or when summer comes, sitting at the pool with someone face-to-face who is sharpening you for the cause of Christ. Find someone that encourages you. (coughs) Find someone that makes you feel built up. These are all from Hebrews 10. Find someone that encourages you, not just to encourage it, not just to encourage you, but encourages you with urgency. Our time is limited. We have a certain amount of time to glorify Christ, to love the people in our lives, to build into relationships, to, to find a friend who needs a friend, to, to be a mentor and find a mentor, and to share the gospel with those people in our lives. We're running pretty low on time, but when you go home or later today or nap time or whatever, take, an emo- take a moment f- with your lists if you were able to make a list and identify out of all four of these um, sections, but especially the sharpening section. Find someone that you identify with. Find someone that maybe you need to go and ask them specifically, I need a friend who sharpens me. I need, this relationship is for the purpose of growing closer to Christ. And remember that here in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, it's not like Paul is saying, if you have time, or sorry, it's not Paul, the writer of Hebrews. He's not saying if you have time or maybe if you want to, it's commanded. Do it. Go and do it. And it also says here, he calls us brothers. We're going to substitute sisters. He has given us the ability to do life together, to grow together, to be sharpening friends. He's given it to us so that we can be family, so that we can be more like him. Um, I had a small group promo. <laughs> For our small group, we actually have a small group starring Allie Johnson and her husband as some of them. But we're going to pass. We can, you can find it on the website if you really want to see a small group promo. But I do want to say this. If you're not currently in a small group at Sailorville, let's talk. They're not perfect. They, I would rather have healthy over perfect. I think everybody would rather have healthy over perfect. There are some struggles at times, but they are by far as close as we can get to early church relationships. It's a great place to work out your salvation. Not work for, but to figure out what it means to actually grow in Christ. Okay, Um, I shared a bunch of resources, um, and I will share a couple more. We've got a couple more to give away. Um, How are we doing on time? Where our time is gone, isn't it? Okay, two minutes! Here's what I want to tell you about next week. I'm really sorry that we ran out of time this week. Here's what I want to tell you about next week. Next week, we're going to do chapter six in the conclusion. Um, I would love some feedback uh, this week about the interactive stuff. Um, It seems to be where I like to learn best, but that might not be where you like to learn best. And the texting groups. I am going to intentionally not start the groups this week. We're, We're going to call it a weaning process. But in that process, you all know, when one thing stops, you learn how to do something else by yourself. So here's the challenge. If you're up at your certain club's time, send a text message to the group. Those groups are still there. Let everybody know that you're up, and we'll start to go from there. But I I will be up. I'm not going to stop waking up. But I am not going to be the first one to send a text message this week. So um, that's... I don't like that. 
but that's okay, it's only seven days. And then next week we can talk about what to do with the clubs after that. Okay, super fast. Um, I put some papers on your table that um, we didn't get to today. They're turned over, yours are right here. <coughs> because when we talk about friends that sharpen or how we're supposed to interact with each other, there are some passages of scripture that talk about how we are to treat each other. They're called the one another passages. There's 59 in the New Testament and they're listed there for you. Um, this is a book that um, is written by Tim Chalice and illustrated by our friend of Sailorville, Josh Byers. And I love the visual because this breaks it down how many times we are told to love one another, how many times we're told to encourage one another. It's one of those like, if you use it more often, the circle is bigger illustrations. So this, if you'd like to look at it, this is a great purchase. This is something that you will use over and over and over. In fact, these two have written another book that are coming out. It's um, the Bible, Illustrated Bible, Guide to the Bible. Anyway, it's, uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's a pre-release right now. But if you enjoy the visual, this is a great way to do it. Um, one more um, from Cultivate What Matters. This is a fruitful friendships guide that kind of walks you through a little bit more if you need some practical how-to. This is a great one. And then next week, we're going to be giving away, um, we've got some prayer journals, all kinds of things that you can look through. This one was $5 on Amazon. This one was $8 on Amazon. Um, this one is the Well-Watered Woman um, Jesus Journal. This one is $30, I think, but you can look through it uh, if you'd like to. This is the Write the Word Journal. Um, I, don't, I really love the writing the word in the morning. It helps me... Um, own it a little bit more, helps me think through it. This one is, um, there's, you can choose different topics. This one is topical. This uh, Jesus journal, you choose the passage that, you, that goes with it. Um, but there's a place to journal and then a place to respond to God's word. This one is joy. This one is cultivate joy. I also have a, um, I'm a big fan of Erin Condren planners. So I have a meal planning guide because we're talking about making what's important and being able to plan. So I have a meal planning guide to give away, a perpetual calendar to give away, and then some stickers to give away. Um, and I also have some blank sheets if you uh, want some blank sheets for your workbook to do before and after. They're front to back. So today's date is on one and then the opposite page is on the back. So. These are available for you today if you want to look through anything else. We love you. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the ability to be together as women and to study your word and figure out what it looks like lived out in our lives. I pray that you would continue to meet us. You are faithful and you are steadfast and you are loving. So I just pray that that would continue through this next week, Lord, and that you would allow us to continue to develop these habits that make us more like Jesus. We love you so much. Thank you for these ladies that were here. We pray for the ladies that weren't, be, weren't able to be here today um, and all of the people that aren't feeling well. Lord, we pray that they would heal quickly and rely on you even in, in their not feeling wellness. We love you so much. In your name, amen. Thank you.